so many people. I, I can't thank everybody, but thank you so much. Uh, the last Sunday I was here was Father's Day, and uh, you blessed me, and I thank you for that. Uh, all the money is still intact. I haven't spent any of it yet. I uh, don't, don't know exactly where it's going to go, but it's going to go somewhere, and uh, my wife is making sure that it stays put aside. Uh, but thank you so much for all the kind words, and thank you for the gifts, uh, those of you that gave, and I really appreciate it. And uh, we, we had such a great time um, just a few weeks ago, and uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to what God's going to do today. Uh, just got back Tuesday from Costa Rica. Many of you knew that. Uh, but it is so good to be back. I will never take air conditioning for granted again. Amen. Um, it's actually cooler in Costa Rica than it is here, but they don't air condition their church, so any of the churches. So when you go in, uh, you just, just get used to sweating a lot. Uh, let me just put it like this. Half of my wardrobe is now at the dry cleaners um, because it's, it's got to be clean. But uh, God is good. Amen. Amen. God is so good. We got the opportunity while we were there to do uh, several things, minister in several churches. And uh, as I told all of you before, those who went, they were not on vacation. And uh, by the time they got back, they knew exactly what I meant by that uh, because they all worked hard. You would be so proud of the 18 people that went from this church. You'd be so proud, amen, of them and what they did while they were in Costa Rica. And I just want to give them their props right now and tell them how awesome they were. Amen. And uh, we, we could not have made it. There was a few key people that really we couldn't have made it without. And uh, there, there, there were some people that, uh, I'm telling you, like... I was replaceable. Um, Brother Miguel was probably not replaceable. Uh, it was, he was uh, a very big help to us, and uh, there were a few others that really made a big impact on the trip, and uh, all of the people that were there did something. They served in some way, and I got to see a side of some of them that I have never seen before. It was really awesome. And uh, I want to I just thank them for going. I also want to thank those of you uh, who carried on and made sure that there was uh, Iglesia happening right here. Amen? Amen. Brother and Sister Cooper and all the, the worship team and everybody that was here, all of our fit team, everybody that welcomed people and greeted people in the parking lot and uh, made sure that they had a place to sit and all that wonderful uh, coordination that happens every Sunday. Uh, thank you so much because it's, it's not something uh, that you get every place you go. Many of you know that, but if you don't know that, I, I just, whenever you're on vacation, go visit another church. You'll be much more appreciative of your church when you get back. Amen? And I'm not saying that because I'm the pastor. I'm saying that because there's some awesome people here. Amen. And I love each and every one of you. I do want to uh, just tell you today, as you were seated, you should have been handed a puzzle piece like this. How many of you, anybody not have a puzzle piece? If you don't have a puzzle piece, would you, would you raise your hand real quick? All right. Everybody has a puzzle piece. There might be a few pieces left over. If you want another puzzle piece, just raise your hand now and they'll bring you, they'll bring you some. All right. But when you were seated, you were handed this puzzle piece, and what would happen today if I were to say to you, 
We're going to spend the rest of the service just putting together this puzzle. We're just going to put this one puzzle together. Ready, set, go. No. I'm not going to do that. Um, but what would be the first thing that many of you would say if I said that that's what we were going to do? You'd say, wait a second. We want to see the picture. We need to see the picture, Pastor, or else how else will we know how this puzzle is supposed to be put together? How many of you think you know what the puzzle is? If you, I mean, those of you who have not seen it, how many of you think you know just from your piece you know what it is? Right? Some of you have, somebody told me, they said, I think there's an animal involved. Okay, well, there you go. You, you have a little bit. Well, you know, I could say, wait a second, each of you guys have a part. You all have your part. And you're all very important. Right? And when we get it done, everybody, it's going to be awesome. We'll all feel so complete. Like we accomplished something today. Many of you might try, because I am asking you to, you might try to go ahead and put that puzzle together and and you would try, but you would be frustrated. Why? Because that process would not happen very quickly. Yeah, you might figure out, okay, a few of these pieces, I see how this piece might go with this piece, but you get stuck because after a while, you need kind of a, a visual of what you're going for. And you would be like, I want to put my piece in, but I don't know just where it fits. I'm going to show you the picture. Don't, don't do it yet, but I'm going to show you the picture. But before I show you the picture, what if I told you that by putting this puzzle together today, that you are on the clock to finish the puzzle? That every second matters because just the very sight of the completion of this puzzle could save people's lives. Would you then take extra special time and diligence to study the picture, to know where your part fits in, and you would do your best to make sure that your part got into its place and fit in as quickly as possible. I know I would. Okay. Are you all ready to see the picture? Remember, you're on the clock. Here you go. That's the picture. Now, can you, can you look at your piece and kind of see where your piece might go? My piece would be that fence post or whatever it is to the left of the ear of the puppy there. That's what mine would be. See, you guys kind of have a better idea of where your piece fits now. Now, there would be some coordination and there would be some things that we would have to, to get through to make sure that this happened today. But isn't the puppy cute? Don't you just want to rub his head a little bit? Put your nose up to his nose. Don't you just, it's just a cute, you know, little puppy, right? Can I tell you that the church is the body of Christ? There's a lost and dying world that is on their way to hell. And judgment is coming quickly. And we don't have much time left to show them Jesus. To show them a better way. To show them that love is the answer. To show them that they would fit into the body of Christ. We're on the clock. we got to find our fit. We've got to use our giftings. I'm going to show you a quick video, much to the chagrin of Brother Hicks.
right now. This video is a little clip uh, about Ford, and it talks about Ford uh, vehicles, and he does not like, I know, make, makes you happy, Anthony, does not make Brother Higgs happy, but let's show that video so you can hear what they have to say about this. So safety encompasses the whole system, and what the system means is it's a collection of smaller components and parts. How do we make the system together uniformly produce the output that we want it to do and meet the safety requirements that we want it to meet? So vehicles are, are very, very complex. We want to validate each and every part, each and every system, and then eventually the whole vehicle. And all those systems have to operate at the same time without affecting reliability or safety of one another. Ford vehicles have thousands of parts in them. One aftermarket salvaged or counterfeit part can compromise them all. All right, so now you know every part matters. It's important that you have the right parts. The body of Christ is the same way. We are all a part, and our part matters. Somebody say, my part matters. Your part matters. Amen. That's why this series is so vitally important to our church, because your part matters. I wanted you to stand with me. We're going to just read a few scriptures to help you understand where we're going in the next few minutes. 1 Corinthians 12 and verses 4 through 7. 1 Corinthians 12, 4 through 7, and then Romans 12, verses 3 through 6. 1 Corinthians 12, 4 says, Now there are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are differences of administrations, but the same Lord. And there are diversities of operations, but it is the same God which worketh all in all. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit with all. And Romans 12, 3, For I say through the grace given unto me to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly. According as God hath dealt to every man the measure of faith, for as we have many members in one body, and all members have not the same office, so we being many are one body in Christ, and every one members one of another. That means when you're ugly to somebody in the church, you actually being ugly to yourself. When you say something nasty about somebody in the church, you're actually talking bad about yourself. Having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, and I'm going to stop there. But look, we all have different gifts, we all have different giftings, but we're all part of one body. And your part matters. Jesus, we thank you for your word. Thank you for what you've already done in, in preparing our hearts for this message today. And I pray, God, that you would help your words to go forth today. Help us to hear your voice. And God, help us to respond accordingly. And we give you the praise and the glory in Jesus' name. And everybody say amen. amen. Oh, come on, like you really mean it. Say amen. amen. God bless you. you. may be seated. God has given each person gifts to be used to minister uh, to serve the church. And we will discover and we will use our giftings to build up the body of Christ. Our goal on Sunday is not just service attendance numbers. Our true goal is to empower you to become a spiritual self-feeder at home. That you would spiritually mature into who God has for you to become. 
Some people say, well, I know I wasn't there, but I can't be there every Sunday, Pastor, and I, don't, I wish you'd just leave me alone about it. You know, let me explain to you. Our goal is not so that we have better numbers. We got a lot of empty seats that we could fill today. You know, the, the, the problem that I have with the empty seats is, is not the number, it's the lack of maturity spiritually. All right, I'm, I'm, I'm going to get there. Our goal for you is not to be a number in the Crossroads membership column. You've got to understand this. It's that you would become a spiritually mature Christian. Amen. And I got to say, you know, part of the reflection of Sunday and people not being here on Sunday, I realize if you're not here on Sunday, you're probably not here any of the rest of the days of the week. Now, some of you are like, oh, well, Pastor, no, we don't physically come to the church every day like you. Uh, we don't have to do that. That's your job. No, I'm not saying here. I'm, I'm saying if you're not with the church, with the body of Christ on Sunday, you're probably not with the body of Christ the rest of the week. I mean, you're probably not reading the Word. You're probably not getting into His Word. You're probably not praying like you should, and some of you are like, oh man, Pastor, you calling out everybody that's not here today? No, no, I'm saying that this is kind of a celebration of what we've done all week. We've been getting closer to God all week, and then when we come together on Sunday, amen, it should be an exciting celebration. It should be fun. It should be awesome. Amen. And if you miss the strength of the Sunday uh, service, guess what? you're probably not going to have the strength to live like Jesus the rest of the week. And if you're missing those times with God through the week, you're going to find it easier and easier to not come on Sunday. It's a cycle, you see? It's more than just going through a membership class or finishing a specific curriculum course. Our goal is that you will take ownership of your discipleship path and go after spiritual maturity. That's what we want for you. We don't want you to say, I did 101 and 201 and everything's good. I know all the rules now. No, our goal is not your consumption. We don't want you to just consume. Oh, I, I got all that material, Pastor. I know about prayer and I know about fasting and I know about the Word and I know about, I know about all these things. Our goal is not consumption. You know... I'm trying, to, I'm trying to get where I'm going, but I'm trying to tread softly. You, you can't just check the boxes off and spiritually mature. You can't just say, oh, okay, well, I did that, and I did that, and I've been through this, and I do that. Yeah, I've done it all, Pastor. Because here's the deal. You can go through all those things and still be very spiritually immature. You can go through all the classes, all the small groups, everything that we have to offer. And, and I've seen it. I've seen people finish a 12-week discipleship course we've put out there for them. But they're still living the same lives spiritually as they were before. Why is this? Because we live like consumers. Each one of us needs to take ownership, though, of our discipleship path. That's why the Scripture says, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Yes, the church is here to help you, but we shouldn't have to spoon-feed you every week to get you back to health. Come on, somebody. You've got to take ownership of your spiritual maturity and your involvement in the body of Christ. Shouldn't be on me, shouldn't be on any of the preachers or the pastors to spoon feed us. We shouldn't have to do that. We should be self-feeding at home. 
How many of you have children that are over the age of five? Awesome. Just about everybody in here. Now, do you still feed them? Do you, I mean, do you still? Okay, open up. You don't? So then why, are, why is it the people that have been coming to church for more than five years, am I still spoon feeding? Oh, come on, open up. Come on, you're going to like it. Oh, mmm, it's so good. Oh, taste and see it. Mmm, it's so good. Yummy, yummy. And some of you, I'm doing that, and you're spitting it back out at me. Look, there's more truth to it than you know. I'm just saying, we, we've got to, at some point, we've got to say, okay, I like that. That's good. I want that in me. I've got to learn how to handle the spoon. I've got to learn how to handle the fork and the knife. I, I've got to be able to do this for myself. We were, uh, not too long ago, well, a few years back, we went on this uh, excursion with our children, and at this excursion, my son ordered steak, and the, the waiter came, and, and he didn't want my wife to have to do it. He didn't want me to have to do it. He wanted us to just enjoy your meal, Mr. and Mrs. Dummett. Okay. So he cut up my son's steak for him, and he cut it up. And so then after that, we got steak somewhere else, a couple, you know, a few months down the road, and my son was like, uh, Mom, can you cut up my steak? No, dude, you know how to cut up your own steak, right? But here's the deal. A lot of times we get into that mentality. We, we just, come on, just feed me. Just give to me. Just, you know, make it, make it all good for me. No, the, the, this is what I'm trying to say today. We have to take responsibility for this. At some point, your three-year-old, four-year-old, five-year-old, six-year-old, seven-year-old, I don't know, I'm not judging, has to learn how to feed themselves. At some point, they have to learn how to hold their own sippy cup. And at some point, you have to be able to take the lid off the sippy cup and see if they can do it without the lid. Are you? That's, I know it's real deep in here right now. We should be self-feeding at home. Spiritually, we should be growing all week long. We shouldn't be spiritually anemic when we come to church on Sunday. How would we be spiritually anemic, Pastor? Well, when we consume so much entertainment and we don't have any time with God, when we come in here spiritually on Sunday, we're like... <gasps> Pastor's like, come on, come on. I got some good food for you. It's so good. You're going to love it. Oh, it's so good. And we get back to you know, health, and we get back to everything being okay, and then guess what? If we repeat the process, we come back the next week, and we wonder why nothing ever changes and why we feel so out of place. Shouldn't have to renew your commitment to God every Sunday. You shouldn't have to come and repent every Sunday because you live like a heathen all week long. I know some, there's going to be weeks where you fall and you mess up, but there ought to be a commitment to God. Like, I'm going to get stronger for God tomorrow, and then I'm going to get stronger for God on Tuesday. And then on, by the time I get back here next week, I'm going to be so much stronger for God than I was today. 
That's the commitment that we need to have. That's the determination that needs to be in our lives. In this series, we're discussing how your part matters. When everyone is doing their part and they're operating in the gifting that God has given them, the body of Christ looks beautiful to the outside world. Just like the puppy. Everybody thought the puppy was cute, right? Why? Because all the pieces are there. All the parts are how they're supposed to be. And when we get the puzzle figured out, when we put the puzzle together, when we're trying to operate in our gifting and everybody says, I got my part, I know my part, this is where my part goes. It goes right here. And we fit it in with all the people around us. We fit it in with all those parts around us. It makes a beautiful picture of the body of Christ. It displays Jesus to everybody so that they can see. And guess what? People are drawn to that. People are healed by that. People are saved by that. But what happens when we try to operate outside of our gifting? Outside of our part? Well, I think my part should go here. No, it doesn't go there. But what it, I like this, it probably goes right there. No, it doesn't go there. You ever seen somebody, now I'm, I'm not a puzzle guy. My wife loves puzzles. She does puzzles with, with you know, this kind of stuff. She does puzzles, uh, any kind of puzzle. She's like the puzzle queen. And she loves puzzles. I get frustrated. I'm like, uh, no, I think this part could go here. And so I'm like, you know, bending edges to try to see if I can. And she's like, please leave my puzzles alone. Because sometimes I get so frustrated because I want everything to go, but I also don't want to waste too much time. You know, I got, got a lot of stuff to do. I don't have time to sit here and do a puzzle. And I get impatient. And some of you get impatient with what God has gifted you to do. You know, but, but God, I, I think I should be here, and I think I should be doing this, and I think this is my gifting. You know, I, I was telling Jessica earlier, and I'm not, some of you are going to think that I'm, um, I'm self-degrading here. I'm not. Okay, so we just went to Costa Rica. One of my good friends, Angie uh, Pearson, I've known her for several years. My wife has known her practically her whole life. Uh, she's a Kentucky girl, but she married uh, another guy. He pastors in Winchester. They're a great couple. Love them. She has a gifting, okay? Her gifting is to lead in worship, to sing. I mean, she is very just, just God-given talent, natural gifting. That is her gifting. Now, I'm not saying I can't sing. I'm saying that specific gifting that she has is not my gifting, I could try all I wanted to. I would never, ever, ever be able to do what she does. It's just not, it's not my gifting. But guess what? God has given me giftings. God has given me giftings of organization, of leading, of shepherding, of, 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 of preaching and doing different things. And, and I want God to use those giftings. It's not about me uh, as in the person A.J. Dummett. It's, that's, it's not about me. It's I want to use the giftings and I want to do my part. Okay, so let, let, me just, let me just go a little further. When everybody is operating in their gifting, we get the full picture. And it's beautiful and everything fits together. And people are drawn to the body of Christ. and People are drawn to the image of Jesus that they see, amen, in the church. And the problem that we are, are seeing a lot of times in a lot of churches is that people try to operate outside their gifting. 
They're trying to do somebody else's gifting. Well, I like those people. I want to be able to do that because uh, that is more glamorous than this. That gets, you know, pastor praises that more than he does this. <laughs> Are you with me? There are, you know, if we were to go even further into Scripture, you could look uh, 1 Corinthians 12 and Romans chapter 12, uh, verse 15, 1 Corinthians 12. If the foot shall say, because I'm not the hand, I'm not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? How absurd. Foot says, I'm not part of this body anymore. What? Chill. You need to get your stuff together, foot. It's like kicking you. Stop it. So what happens when, when the foot says, hey, because I'm not the hand, I'm not going to do my part. Because I'm not up in front on the, on the platform. Mm-mm. Nope, let them do it all. There are some of you, I'm just going to say this, there are some of you that are not yet being used in your gifting because you haven't yet decided I'm going to be part. I'm going to. I'm going to fit. I'm going to find my fit. I'm going to turn my back on the world. I'm going to turn my back on the things of the world. And I'm going to let God put me wherever he wants to put me. That's the only thing that's keeping some of you from from being used in your gifting. I know it's not like shouting and swinging from, oh, we don't have them anymore. I've been saving that one for a while. But when you try to operate in someone else's gifting, it, it, the body of Christ looks dysfunctional. It looks weird. What if my foot was just... You'd be like, what is wrong with pastor today? I had, I was, my wife and I, we, right before we went to Costa Rica, I had a, a little tiny cavity. I hadn't had one in years. I had a little cavity filled, and they, they put some Novocaine in my in my cheek here, right? And anybody know what I'm talking about? You know, they put this stuff in, they put the Novocaine in. They put it in on this side, right? So this side's supposed to be numb. Guess what? My whole mouth was numb all the way across there. And it was like hours later. And so I was like, honey, I don't know what is going on, but this feels so weird. I, I don't, I, I don't, I can't preach like this, you know? I was, <laughs> so she's like, well, what if you're having a reaction? I said, no, no, I'm Okay. And I started really messing with it. She lost it. But while we laugh at that, think about what, what, would, what would you think if you were talking to somebody and all of a sudden they just start, just, right? That's what it looks like whenever somebody from the outside world looks at us and we're not being who God wants us to be. We're trying to be somebody we're not. Well... It's a little just dysfunctional. Just, okay, not a little. It's very dysfunctional. Don't judge me. I tried. It just didn't go well. We look out of sorts. Mrs. Potato Head. Body of Christ, sometimes this is how we present ourselves to the outside world. Foot's trying to be the hand. Ear's trying to be the eye. 
knees trying to be the elbow. What in the world? And we wonder, why don't people want to come to church? I wonder if, does anybody know how to work these things? Somebody know how to work these? Michelle, you know how to work these? Could you see if you could get this back to the way it's supposed to be? There might be an extra part or two on there. I don't know. I lost track. Here's, Here's what I'm trying to say. When we look repulsive to the outside world because we look out of joint, we look spastic, we're trying to be something that we're not. Pastor, I think I need to be this. Maybe. Pastor, I think I need to do this. Okay, maybe you do. Not saying that you don't. I've had people tell me, you know, I sing really well. And I say, okay. uh, All right, what do I do with that? Exactly right. Josh and Jessica, you need to talk with them. Because here's what I have found. This is what I have found. I have never seen this turn out very well. We got an extra, extra piece. Okay. All right. Very good. Good. This is, this is how Miss Potato Head is supposed to look. Miss Potato Head. So now you have a little bit better idea. I don't know. Doesn't she have a hat or something? We'll make that a hat. So here's the thing, though. Uh, You know, I have found that the Bible is actually true. The Scripture says that a man's gift or a human's gift, we'll just say any of mankind, makes room for itself. So if God has gifted you, then guess what? You won't have to tell me. I'll be able to figure it out. You'll be able to figure it out. We'll all know. But what happens whenever we start inserting ourselves into places we're not supposed to be? Well, Pastor, I think I need to preach a little bit more. Okay. Maybe. But do you think that God's not able to orchestrate all things in His time? Sometimes we get impatient and we're trying to bend the pieces. We're trying to... Shave off parts. Well, I'm going to just shave this off because then I could fit in there. Well, don't, don't do it. Because it's not when the puzzle's complete. It's something's, you may fool us for a little while, but it's not fooling anybody in the long run. Some people, they don't know what's wrong with the church. They just know there's something wrong with the church. They look and they're like, I don't know, but that just is awkward. That's just weird. The church is made up of many parts, And those parts aren't just warm bodies doing some function. Each person has been given gifts and talents to serve the church. In 1 Corinthians 12 and Romans 12, Paul lists all these different giftings. And and each person has processes and ways that they can serve the church, right? I think I need to work with kids, Pastor. Maybe, maybe not. Although I don't hear that one a lot. (laughs) Most times people are like, I don't have any desire to work with children. (laughs) You know, if you're grumpy and nasty all the time, you probably shouldn't work with the children. 
If kids get on your nerves in five minutes, you might want to do something else. But pray for those who do work with our children. Amen. Because, you know, they need that support. I'm so thankful for all those who are working with our children right now. Amen. But all these gifts, prophecy, healings, gifts of tongues, interpretation, and teaching, and giving wisdom, and having faith, and encouraging others, administration, showing mercy, helping, giving, all these things, they're not just arbitrary. They, they, they basically interact with the makeup of who you are. God designed you to be a certain way. Even before He filled you with His Spirit, He designed you to be a certain way. And then when you get the Holy Spirit, it activates that gifting. Amen? And our temperaments and our personalities interact with our giftings. These gifts aren't just for us. Look at your neighbor, and I'm going to say this. This is my tweetable moment. God has gifted you, but your gift is not about you. Tell your neighbor, God has gifted you, but your gift is not about you. Amen. What are you saying, Pastor? I'm saying God has given each and every one of us a part. Giftings that He intends to use to strengthen His body. The enemy of your soul would like to keep you from using your gifting that God gave you because then this way the body of Christ will not be benefited by it. That's the first thing that the enemy of your soul wants to do. Don't use your gifting. You might just, just be shy. Just, you know, sit back. Don't use your gifting. Even though, you, you, yes, you do. But you don't want people to think. And, you don't, and he'll, he'll mess with you until you sit back and you won't do anything. Amen. That's why I like missions trips. Because, <laughs> man, it activates. It's like, I got to be. I got to be doing something. I got to have a part here. And, and it, it, it reactivates that in you. And, and, and I will just say, if the devil can keep you from using your gifting or from missing your cue, then he's got you. Because the body of Christ suffers because you're not using your gifting. I got another little clip I want to show you. They're, they're going to cue it up. Go ahead and cue it up. This is what happens when you miss your cue. Supposed to be singing the national anthem at this soccer game. She's ready to go. We're ready for the national anthem, performed by Karen Harding. Everybody else is singing. You can feel very bad for this young lady, especially because she finally did figure it out and finally did get to sing. But, uh, you know, how many Christians have missed their cue to use their gifts? I'm okay with the silence. I'm okay. Yes, I'm looking at you. Every one of you. Not, not anyone in particular, but all of you. How many times have we missed the opportunity for God to use our gifting? 
We need to understand that the devil wants to keep us sidelined. He wants to keep you back. And he'll give you every excuse in the book, every reason in the book why you shouldn't go ahead and allow God to use your gifting. The second thing that he will do, if he can't keep you from using it, you know what he'll try to do? He will try to fill you with pride for what happens when you do use your gifting. I was amazing. I was incredible. Did you see the people respond? I mean, I've never seen people praising like that. That was, oh, wow. I am the bomb. I think I'm the most awesome minister that's ever ministered in that capacity before. You say, oh, no, we don't do that. Oh, yes, we do. We begin to think, huh, that's me. That was me. That was all me. And and here's what I heard somebody say a long time ago. They said, if somebody gives you a a compliment and you say, you know, you know, well, oh, that wasn't much, blah, blah, blah. They said it's going to just like false humility because you, you should just say thank you. Because whenever you have a really bad time and you, your gifting uh, doesn't work out like you thought and uh, you, you're feeling bad and you're like, oh, I really messed up. And I, Here's the thing. If you're letting God use you and you're asking God to minister through you and use your gifting and you're staying in line in relationship where you're supposed to be, if it's good, it's God. If it's not good... There will be times where I walk off this platform and my wife will tell you, I feel like, oh, I really dropped the ball today. You know what I've learned sometimes when I really feel like I've dropped the ball? God got through to one or two people that I really needed him to get through to. I just have to do my part. I just have to do my part. I am just, look, some people say, well, I don't like to be thought of as just a pawn. I am. I'm just a pawn in God's game. I'm just a cog in his machine. I'm just a part of the body of Christ. I'm not the head. But you're the pastor. I know, but I'm not the head. I'm just part of the body of Christ. He's the head. He's the one making the decisions. He's the one that directs where things go. Amen. So if he can't keep you from using your gift and and, and operating and letting your part be used for God, then he will try to puff you up with pride. There are some people that they are talented, but they are not anointed. There's a difference. Some of you, God has given you talent, but you have to choose that you want to be anointed. Talent is different than anointing. We We can have a lot of talented people and never have an anointed service in here. I see people all the time, man, they are talented. Woo! They can sing, they can dance, they can do all. I mean, they got these skills, but I don't feel one ounce of anointing. The difference between being talented and being anointed is anointing can, can make somebody who can't sing very good sing great. Somebody who can't preach very good preach awesome. I'd rather have the anointing than talent any day. I'd rather God to sweep in here, come on, and do what only He can do 
with His power, with His anointing, because it's not me. It's not my talent. It's not my ability. I'm just playing the part that I was given. Amen. So if he can keep you from using it, he'll try to keep you from using it. If he can't keep you, he'll try to puff you up with pride. And the third thing that the devil will try to do is he will try to get you to go after another gifting that God has not given you. But I want to do that. Because it looks more glamorous to you. That makes the church dysfunctional. You're trying to operate in stuff that you're not supposed to. Or you're trying to do everything. You can't do everything. You can do some things, but you can't do everything. You know, some, oh, well, I'm a jack of all trades. Well, good, master of none. We need you. We need you to be good at some things, and we need you to let God help you in some areas. Amen. None of us has it all figured out. None of us is perfect. The church could be dysfunctional, but if we would just start letting God direct us and guide us in our giftings, amen, the church would function better if we were using our gifts not for us but for other people. And we were using our gifts to bring God the glory. Amen. You might have a natural ability to encourage people. There are some people that they are just great encouragers. I want to be a better encourager. Sometimes I get so focused I'm not a good encourager, but I want to be a good encourager. Some of you, you can, you can light people's faces up. You can bring sunshine into a room because you just walk in and you're like, oh man, you are awesome. I just love you. And, and you are just, and, and they just can, whatever they say, it's almost like, wow. How did they put that together? I'm not that smart. Some of you just have the gift to encourage people, and it's not flattery. Some of you know how to just encourage people. And if you're not encouraging people, think about how the body of Christ suffers. People who need to be encouraged are discouraged. And guess what discouraged people do? They discourage other people. You've got a gift. Use your gift. Give your gift away, and God will replenish it, and you'll give your gift again, and you'll keep giving it. Amen. And as you do, the body of Christ becomes stronger. It becomes healthier. You might have a, a gift to be hospitable. Some people are very hospitable. Some people are not hospitable. hospitable. Whew, that's a hard word to say. Some people are just not. That's why you can go to some churches, and some churches will be very kind to you, and they'll give you a full, you know, three-course meal, and they'll take good care of you. And other, other churches you go to, and they give you a bologna sandwich. At least they gave you something, right? There's a difference. You can, you can do hospitality. If you've got a gift of being hospitable, what you're doing is you're trying to consider other people. How can I make them feel comfortable? How can I make them feel apart here? You might have faith in God for some situations, and other people struggle to have faith in God. Maybe you're dealing with some things, but, but you know how to, to trust God and to have faith in God. And those other people that you are influencing, they don't understand it, and so your faith is influencing them. God wants to use you. God wants to use you. God's got a specific plan, a specific design. He's got the puzzle already figured out. 
It's already put together. He knows what it's supposed to look like, and, and he's the one that guides us. How do we know, Pastor, what the church is supposed to look like? Read 1 Corinthians 12. Read Romans 12. That's the picture of the puppy. That's the picture of, of what the body of Christ is supposed to look like. We're supposed to be using our gifts. We're supposed to be ministering one to another. The gift is given to you, but it's not about you. God not only wants to minister through the gift He's given you to you, but He wants to minister to the church, and He wants to minister to the outside world through the gifts that He has given you. Your part matters, but, but it's, I'm just the pinky toe. Yeah, but without that pinky toe, it's going to be hard to stand. It'll be hard to have any balance. But, but I'm just, no, 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 look. You might feel like you're insignificant, but no part is insignificant. And if everybody would come and do their part, this church would be overflowing. I'm, 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 I'm on something today, and I know some of you don't understand half of where I'm at and what I'm, what I'm trying to talk about, but just, just pray for me. God wants to use you. God wants you to understand that you fit. He wants you to understand you've got a part and your part's important. And it's just as important as every other part in this church. Amen. When was the last time that you asked God to use you and to show you the gifting that he gave you? When was the last time? I know we show up for church. Pastor, I show up for church. I put my money in. I'm good. No, when was the last time? Why do, why do you think you feel so out of joint? Why do you think you feel so awkward around me, around church people sometimes? Why do you think it's harder and harder for you to come to church? Because, you, you know, the devil wants you to feel like you don't fit here. He, he wants to make you feel like, you know, fish out of water, or, you know, a puppy, a puppy puzzle piece in a whale puzzle. That's what he wants. He wants you to feel like you're out of place, like something's not right, and, and, and nothing could be further from the truth. God has placed you here. God has brought you here, and you don't need to go looking for anything else. You need to find your fit here. You need to find where you fit here. What's your gifting? What can God use? Amen. Because if you have a specific gifting, I know one thing. I know it was not given you to bring you glory. Because the scripture says that God will not share his glory with another. And sometimes we get to thinking that our gift is all about our glory. Our gift has nothing to do with our glory. It's about his glory. If your gift is bringing you glory, it's probably not God. Well, but if you're willing to say, God, you get the glory. If your life is willing to, to, to share and to give all that glory back to God and say, God, I, I don't want the glory. I want you to get the glory. Amen. God, you are awesome. God, you are incredible. You are the one who's enabled me to do this. Amen. Some of you, I want you to get off the sidelines today. I want you to get activated. Your part has been missing, and so there's been a general dysfunction in the church. And there are some of you, I want you to quit trying to insert your part into somebody else's part. Am I being okay? Are you you're not mad at me, are you? And those of you who've been taking the credit, quit taking the credit. Give God the glory. Amen. Amen. 
knowing our gifts and talents takes soul searching and prayer, and it goes beyond just a test, just an assessment, just a survey. But there are some tremendous resources that we have available to us to help us understand more about who we are and how we're wired. Uh, there's a couple of things. First of all, I would like every one of you to do a spiritual gifts test. And you say, how could I find the spiritual gifts test? Well, if you have the e-bulletin today, it is a simple click away. If you don't have e-bulletin, you want to know how to get the e-bulletin, you can get it through the app. You can get it on the website. We actually have a computer, and it's up right now on back, back there. You can go through it today before you leave. It, it will take you about five minutes. It goes very quickly. But at the end of that spiritual gifts test, it will tell you what spiritual gifting, just based on your responses, what, where you're stronger and where God has gifted you more. You'll be able to see that. And then there are other things. There are other links in the e-bulletin today. Uh, there are some things, inventories like the color code personality, 16 personalities, mypersonalitytest.com, true colors, and there is the, is it Enneagram, the Enneagram test? Enneagram? Enneagram test? Anybody know what I'm talking about? There's links to all of those on the e-bulletin today. You say, I just don't know. I don't know where I fit. I feel out of place. I don't know. Start, with, start by taking the spiritual gifts test. Take one of these, uh, these personality tests. All that plays into it. Yeah, just click right there. Just clink, and just it'll come up. It'll be awesome. Ultimately, after you've done all this assessment, I'm, I'm, I know I'm giving you some homework, but ultimately, our relationship with God will allow His Spirit to reveal the giftings that He has given us and the desires that he has placed inside of us to be used for his glory. If you don't have a relationship with God, don't try to use your giftings yet. You need a relationship with God first, so that's the first step. So today, as I close, this is what I want to challenge you. If you don't have a relationship with God, that's the first thing. That, let's, let's take care of that. If you haven't turned from uh, things that you know are displeasing to God and things that you, you realize, man, that does not make God happy, that's the first thing. I want you to turn from those things today. And then uh, if you have never repented, say, God, forgive me and, and cleanse me and make up your mind you're not going back to that stuff. And then once you have done that, amen, God wants to fill you with his spirit. He says be, to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission, all the washing away of all of your sins. If you've not been baptized in Jesus' name, today is a great day for you to be baptized in the name of Jesus. And then he wants to fill you with his spirit, with the gift of the Holy Ghost. And when his spirit comes inside of you, it's his power and it activates in you. Now, some of you say, well, you know, I feel it at certain times, but I don't feel it at other times. And sometimes the reason is that we are not using our giftings. And so the Holy Ghost gets a little dormant in us. That's why Paul told Timothy, Timothy, you've got to stir up the gift that God has given you. Why? Because some of you are living far below your potential. You're living so far down here. And God says, look, I got so much more for you up here. When you're willing to give me the glory and you're willing to use the gifts that I've given you, there is no, I'm telling you, there is no feeling like that feeling. The satisfaction and the fulfillment that comes from that, knowing that you are in the perfect will of God. So today as we close and you stand, I want to ask you to do a few things. First of all, I'm asking you to get closer to God. 
We need to get closer to God than we ever have before. God is coming back so soon. We don't have time to waste. We don't have time to play around. We don't have time. Look, if you've been watching anything at all, what's going on with our country and countries around the world, we are headed into some serious times. I'm not trying to scare you. I'm just telling you, if you're going to act, now is the time to act. Get closer to God. Pull away from everything that is pulling you back from God. And then if you've already made the initial steps that I just talked about of water baptism in Jesus' name, being filled with the Holy Ghost and repentance, turning from your sin, then I'm asking you, please, quit trying to be used in somebody else's gifting. Quit trying to force your way into certain things that you know. Just wait on God. The Scripture is true. A man's gift will make room for itself. You will be identified. You will be elevated. You, you will be placed into that, that fit that God has for you. So I'm asking you today to talk to God about that. Because this is what it's going to take. Some of you need to be set free from insecurity in order for that to happen. You feel insecure. You feel bad about yourself because of things in the past and things that have happened. And so today, we're going to pray for each other here at the end. But, but I want, before we even get to that, I want you to say, God, help me to get past these insecurities. Help me to get past these things that I feel about myself that I know are not from you. Why? Because he loves you. And because you are part of the body of Christ. And because your part matters. It matters to God. It matters to us. And let me tell you, folks, it matters to a lost world. Decide today, I'm going to quit trying to be something that I'm not. And let God use you in the gifting that he's given you. Next, I do want you to take one of those the spiritual gift survey and one of those personality tests this week. Do that. Learn a little bit more about yourself. Pray about that. And pray this week, God, how can you use the gifting you have given me to bless and to edify and to build up my local church? And then lastly today, I want you to step out of your seat and I want you to begin to pray for each other. There is something powerful that happens when we pray for each other. I said it a few weeks ago, but it's so true. Perfect love casts out fear. We need to pray for each other with perfect love. Love is the answer. As we pray for each other and as we reach out to each other and, and, and we are built up, we are built up in love. We are strengthened in love. And, and there's something that happens whenever we pray with and for each other. God starts to activate giftings in the body of Christ. Insecurities have to go by the wayside because people feel the love and they feel the warmth and the power of God. And that anointing breaks the yoke of uneasiness, of heaviness off of them. And, and then the power of God sweeps in and insecurities that used to hold me back. And I used to have to try to insert myself because I thought, this is what God wants me to do. I, I know that's because this is so cool and this is what everybody's looking at and this is what everybody wants. No, no, no. I'm willing to now step back and say, God, whatever you want, you know, this is your, this is your deal. I just want to play my part, whatever you have for me to do. And when I'm being used in my gifting and you're being used in your gifting and we're all where we're supposed to be, the body of Christ looks beautiful. And the outside world says, wow, wow, how does that work? How can you go through those things and still love each other? How can you face all that adversity and still love each other? How, how does that work? You are so amazing. Jesus said, they'll know that you are my disciples because of your love one for another.
So today, again, I want you to start by praying. Before you even leave your seat right now, as you bow your heads and close your eyes, I want you to start praying, God, help me, free me from my insecurities. Free me from these things that are keeping me and holding me back. God, help me to not try to fit into somebody else's gifting. Help me to, Lord, be okay with the gifting that you have given me. God, you've given me something that you want me to shine in. You want me to be useful for your kingdom. And God, I don't care if it's the, seem, the most seemingly insignificant thing. I want to do the very best that I can do. And I want to be used by you. And as you pray that prayer today, and as you turn from sin, and as you let God move in, I want you to begin to move out and let God uh, just lead you. Come out into the house. Come around the front here. And I want the body of Christ, amen, to minister to the body of Christ. I want you to pray for one another today, amen, with perfect love that's casting out fear, that's, that's healing, that's delivering and setting free, breaking off chains and bonds of wickedness today, and things that would hold you back. Every insecurity, every doubt, every fear's got to go. In the name of Jesus today, I loose you right now. Let the body of Christ, amen, let you find your fit today. Let you use your giftings. Let you be who God has intended you to be. I give myself.